0: want to acknowledge the importance of dads before we get into our sermon today. Father's Day it, it, it first began in, in West Virginia on July 5th 1908. It was just a church that sponsored the nation's first event explicitly in honor of fathers. But the next year in Spokane, Washington uh, our Washington uh, resident Ed in the back there A woman by the name of Sonora Dodd tried to establish the official equivalent of Mother's Day for male parents. So she went to local churches, to the YMCA, to shopkeepers, government officials, trying to drum up support for the idea. And finally, we had our first statewide Father's Day on June 19th, 1910. But a few years ago, I I, I saw an article. um, It was about... This Craigslist posting in Washington State, actually, in that same state where Father's Day was born. But this time, instead of honoring fathers, it was an ad searching for one. The title said, Needed Generic Dad for a Backyard Barbecue. As a group of 20-somethings were gathering for a barbecue and needed a dad to man the grill. The article said the requirements included 18 years of experience being a dad and at least 10 years experience grilling. Most of the 21- to 6-year-old boys, as they called themselves, were able to operate a grill, but none of them felt like they were quite prepared emotionally to fill the role of the barbecue dad. So they said, any dad will do. So the ad caught fire due to its humor. But it illustrates a very real need in our day. We need dads. Our world is reeling from the result of absent fathers. The statistics, you can read about it. It's it's heartbreaking. The the Homes where children are raised without fathers, the statistics are stacked against them. Four times greater risk of poverty, more likely to have behavioral problems, two times greater risk of infant mortality. They're more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit crime, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, and the stats go on and on and on as we understand that there is a vital need in our world For dads Our world needs fathers So to each of our fathers today We honor you We thank you for being here In the house of the Lord today So let's one more time Just give a big hand of appreciation To all of the dads Amen Now go with me to Luke chapter number 15 I will not preach long today Praise God the air conditioning Is working at Freedom Church today Last week it was 85 degrees in here. It would have been a good Sunday to preach about not being lost and going to hell. Uh, thank God the air's working today so we don't have to go down that road. Luke 15, verse number 11. I apologize for the lengthy reading. I'll read from the New Living Translation today. It says this, To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. If my sons were to ask me that today, they're out of luck. There is no estate. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And a few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. And about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. It's a wrong time to be broke. And so he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and he sent men, he sent him into the fields to feed his pigs. And the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. I've never been that hungry. How about you? But no one gave him anything. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father... I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father... I have sinned against both heaven and you And am no longer worthy to be called your son But his father said to his servants Quick, bring the finest robe in the house And put it on him Get a ring for his finger And sandals on his feet And kill the fat, the calf that we have been fattening We must celebrate with a feast For this son of mine was dead And has now returned to life He was lost but is now found So the party began I want to preach to you today on this thought the father and his house the father and his house before you're seated would you just close your eyes one more time and ask God to speak to us through his word Lord we love you we thank you God for your goodness your mercy your grace your favor Lord for being a good good father God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word today. Don't let it just be my words from my lips, but let them be your words. God, let it lift you up. Let it glorify you. Challenge us through your word today, we pray, because we know it is your word that gives life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. I'll keep standing. Here it is, Father's Day, and I'm working. This doesn't seem right. I want to say and emphasize again at the beginning of this message today. We have a good father. For all of the ways that that you can look in the scripture and find God described in the scripture. He's a creator. He's a builder. He's powerful. He's everywhere all at once. He is all-knowing. He is the beginning and the ending, the alpha and the omega. There are many ways that the Bible describes God, but in none of the ways that you can find will you find any that is more powerful in our lives than this one. He is our Father. Jesus would would say to His disciples and to all who would, would read His words in the Gospels in that account that we call the Lord's Prayer, but is really more like the disciples' prayer when He says, when you pray, do it this way. Our Father who art in heaven... He said that when you approach me in prayer, when you approach God in prayer, you've got to acknowledge more than the power and the ability of God. You've got to acknowledge the relationship that you have with God. You've got to know that He is your Father. Because only when you understand the depth of the relationship that you can have with Him, can you begin to understand and appreciate the significance of His love toward us? As John says in 1 John 3:1: Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of, of God. It is a powerful thing that He would call us His children. We were formed in iniquity. We were, we were born sinners, and yet God loved us while we were sinners. And His desire for us is that He would be able to call us His children. But also, when you understand the depth of the relationship that He desires to have with us, only then can you begin to see His desire to do good for us. He said it Himself this way in Matthew 7 verse 11, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? You see, for all that God would have us understand about Him, nothing is more important and more powerful than you understanding his desire to be your father. He says in 2nd Corinthians, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and my daughters says the Lord Almighty. You've got to understand today that for every terrible statistic that, uh, that exists about fatherlessness in our society and the effects on our world today, there is a mirrored effect on us spiritually when we live as though we are orphans without a spiritual heavenly father and now without a relationship with the father when you don't have a relationship with the father it's going to affect how you live and it's going to affect other relationships in your life when you don't have a relationship with a father it's going to affect the way you see the world around you it's going to affect the hope that you have but when you have a relationship with this father it gives you hope and it gives you peace and it gives you joy I preach to you today and tell you God desires to be our father. But there is this other concept in the Bible and allow me just a few minutes as I lay this foundation today when we understand the concept in Scripture about this Father there is this other element of this relationship that exists that begins to unfold in the Scriptures that I want to draw your attention to today. And it is the Father's house. You see, when the Bible speaks of God being a Father, it speaks to relationship. It represents the relationship that He desires to have with you. And when the Bible speaks about the Father's house, it most often represents inheritance. What you receive as a result of relationship. The benefits of the relationship. It's the place that He owns and that you have access to because of the relationship. And to be sure today, there are many benefits to the Father's house. Psalm 65 verse 4 says, Blessed are those who you choose to and cause to approach you, that He may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. There are blessings that are tied to the Father's house. Psalm ninety-two, verse thirteen says, Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. There are there are blessings and benefits to being in the Father's house. It says in Psalm twenty-seven: five, for in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in. His dwelling in his house. In Psalm 84, it says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. There are good things in the Father's house. There are blessings that are in the Father's house. There is safety that is in the Father's house. David said there's understanding in the Father's house. I was confused but I went into the house of the Lord and then I understood there is understanding in the Father's house. He said one thing have I desired and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He said I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house House of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I tell you, He and others throughout the Scripture make it clear it is good to be in the Father's house. Jesus even spoke prophetically about this house when He said, "In my Father's house there are many rooms," or as we like to quote it, "mansions." Because I'd rather have a mansion than a room. <laughs> huh. There's good things about the Father's house that come as a result of our relationship that are tied to our position with the Father and I tell you that, that there's some things that you'll never get outside of the Father's house there's some blessings that you'll never understand until you get in the Father's house, until you get in proximity to His house, until you understand and live under His protection and His safety, There, there there's joy that you can only find in the Father's house, there's peace that you can only know and experience when you come into the Father's house there is safety that you can only only know in the Father's house, I'm preaching about the Father and His house. But if we are not careful, and this is where it's going to get uncomfortable today on this Father's Day. We, as children of God, we can get to the place where we will appreciate the house more than the Father who owns it. We want the blessings, so we stay in the house. We, we want protection, so we, we stay in the house. And our relationship with the Father, hear me now, becomes more about what He offers in His house than what He offers in His presence. It becomes more about what we will inherit as a result of our relationship more so than about the relationship itself. So we start wanting the blessing more than we want the blesser. And we want the protection more than we want the protector. And if our relationship with God becomes something that we are maintaining just so we can have a place in the house, then then we'll never experience the fullness of what God desires for us. I don't know about you, but I remember the statements growing up. My my stepdad would make this statement, and it's not original with him. I think, I, I think this is like a kit that you get uh, at Home Depot or something. They give it for free with any purchase, but it's a list of sayings that dads can make. You know, uh, and uh, one of those is, um, as long as you live in my house, then you're going to do what I say. Anybody, any dads ever used that line? Come on now, let be honest. Any children ever heard that line before? As long as you are in my house, you're going to do what I say. But the problem with this statement is that when your obedience is tied to your desire to stay in the house, to enjoy the benefits of the house, the first moment that you think you can find those benefits outside of the house, you will forsake the house. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Parker said to me not too long ago, uh, maybe when he turned nine, I think it was, he said, Dad, only nine more years, and I'm out of this house. I'm like, well, son, you if you think you can make it, you can go on today. I will not hold you back But when we start to think that we can make it outside of the house, when the thing that we have appreciated and that we have cherished has been our position in the house, then when we think we can get some of those things outside of the house, then we'll start looking outside of the house, and it will affect our relationship with the father of the house. When you think you can find joy outside of the house, when you think you can find peace outside of the house, when you think that you can find some relationships, relationships outside of the house, you will begin to walk away because your relationship was with the blessing of the house and not with the father of the house. And this is what happens with the prodigal son. I'm going to mess with you a little bit today. I want you to examine your relationship with the father and his house. The prodigal son, that first son, the younger son, he, uh, he wanted to Uh, The Bible says, take his inheritance from the house with him. To take the estate, the house, and to to divide it among the two sons. And so he goes to his father and says, I I don't want to wait until you're dead. I, I want to have my part of the house now. And so his father obliged. And as the translation that I read to you today says, just a few days later, it wasn't long. Before he took the inheritance, he took what was his, and the Bible says he went to a distant country, far from the Father. Living, the Bible says, however he wanted to live, he spent it on riotous living, I think is what the King James Version says, or this translation that I read this morning, or this afternoon rather, wild living. Not in daddy's house anymore. Not under daddy's rules anymore I'm going to live how I want to live I'm going to do what I want to do I'm going to think how I want to think I, I I didn't need the house anymore And when you don't need the house Then you're comfortable living in a distant country Far away from the father This young man His relationship was with the house And with the blessing And with the inheritance Instead of being with the father And so uh, he lives far away And he tries to make it on his own And he discovers what well, We all discover in life it's a whole lot easier in daddy's house than we would like to admit I, I got to tell you uh, that if, uh, if, if I could roll back the hands of time If I could turn back time as the poet said Then I would appreciate what it was like living in the house Anybody else could be honest and say that's the case Wasn't any bills in the house, amen. The water was always on. The groceries were always in the cupboard, in the house. But his relationship was with the stuff it was with the blessing, it was with the inheritance and so he mistakenly thought that he could maintain it on his own outside of the house and he moved far away from the father but it was not long before all that he thought he had began to waste away. I got to tell you the blessing it's connected to the father and not just the house. The inheritance it's connected to the father and not just the house. The joy and the peace it's connected to the father and not just the house. And so the Bible says he spent it all until one day he came to himself. He came to his senses. He says, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare and here I am dying of hunger. He said, I've got to get home. I've got to get to the Father's house. I've got to make my way back to where I was. But you've got to notice this. I, I, I got to be honest and say this just jumped out at me this morning as I was reading this text again. He, he, he's focused still on the house. I've got to get back home. He, he said, I, I don't need to get my position back with the father. I, I I don't need to be a son of the father. I've just got to get back in the house and that will be good enough. He said, I've just got to get home. He he doesn't have to make me a son. He just needs to feed me. I've just got to get some of the blessing that, that is just uh, existing there in the house. And while we celebrate and we preach about how he Came to his senses, we missed that he was content having a place in the house without having a relationship with the Father. Hear me God wants more for you than to just enjoy the benefits of the house. Yes. There is joy in the house, and there is peace and safety in the house, and yes, you will be more blessed in this house than you will ever be on your own, but if your place in this house is not anchored by a relationship with the Father, then it will never be enough. It is not enough that we come to church. It's not enough that we sing the songs. It's not enough that we go through the motions. If we do not have a relationship with the Father that is anchoring us to the house, that and it will never be enough, and it will waste away. But when we say, the only reason I'm here in this house is because it's God's house, and the only reason I live the way I live is because I'm God's child, and the only reason I'm here on a Sunday afternoon is not because of God's blessing, but it's because of God's presence. That is the place where we find the joy and the peace that God really desires for us to have. He was looking to have a need met. I don't even need a relationship. I don't need to be a son. You can just let me be a slave. Just give me the benefits of the house. And I got to tell you, we have polluted the gospel and we have polluted the Christian experience and have turned Jesus into a genie in a bottle where he has come to give us new cars and new houses, but he didn't come to make your life comfortable. He came to make your life eternal. And while there are blessings that are tied to the house, uh, we cannot serve him for the blessing because the moment the storm comes and the blessing goes away, then we'll look for another house. But I am not here for him to bless me. I am here for him to save me. And because He loved me. Yes, I want to be in this house, but it's because He is in the house. Yes, I want to go to heaven. But if we're not careful, we think more about the streets of gold and the gates of pearl, the stuff in the Father's house than we do about the Father who is the Son that that shines in the house and that light in the house. Oh, I tell you, we've got to examine our hearts today. Why are we here on this Sunday afternoon? Why do we go to church? Why do we go through the motions? Is it because we think it makes us a better person? Is it because we want Him to bless us and shine down on us? Is it because we want Him to bless our father? finances and bless our family or is it because we want to have a relationship with the God of the house I love what the psalmist David says and I and I rush to a close in Psalm 73 verse 25 whom I have I in heaven but you oh I want to go to heaven But if our search for heaven and if our desire to live for God is connected to our desire for Him to give us more stuff, shinier, eternal stuff, then we are missing the beauty and the richness of a relationship that God has for us. He says, Who have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire but you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's the place. That God wants us to get to You can take this whole world But give me Jesus I I may not have my health But if I have him it is enough I may not have a blessing financially But if I have him it is enough I just need him One of my favorite stories in the scripture Is in the story of Joseph The dreamer had a pretty good place in the father's house. The best place in the father's house. Daddy had a favorite. Which we don't all do. Or do we? And so his position in the father's house was good. There was blessing. There was provision. He had a coat that nobody else had. He had the ear of his father like no one else had. He had the love of his father like no one else had. It was good in daddy's House. He was loved more than everyone else, but people in the father's house hurt him, betrayed him, tried to destroy him. And over time, he is in Egypt, and uh, many years passed by, a lot that we could dive into, but don't have time to today. And, and God begins to elevate Joseph after a period of time, and he's second in command in all of Egypt. And now, suddenly, things are pretty good. Outside of the father's house. And and the Bible says that he has two sons. And the first son that he has, he names him Manasseh. And he says, the Lord has caused me to forget my father's house. But the truth is, the only thing that God really caused him to forget was the hurt that happened in the house. He never forgot his father because the first time his brothers show up, he says, uh, "Hey, how's it going with your father? Is he still alive? Hear me, people. Uh, if the enemy could could use things to cause you to to reject and neglect and dismiss the father's house, then he will do it." If you don't have a relationship with the Father Then when people hurt you in the Father's house Then you'll leave the Father's house And when people uh, uh, turn their back on you in the Father's house Then you'll walk away from the house Anybody know what it's like to be hurt by somebody in the church Or talked about by somebody in the church Things happen in the Father's house We preach about the blessing of the Father's house But sometimes there's hurt in the Father's house And if we don't have a deep relationship with the Father We will forget Him along with His house and I got to tell you today that there is more to the Father's house than just the blessing and even just the hurt in this house. I'm here not because everybody's always going to treat me right or not because the music's always right. It was good today, Chris. Not because everything is always going right, but because it is the Father's house and I need a relationship with the Father. And when your relationship with the house is connected to your relationship with the Father, it's easy to forget the hurts that happen in this house. It's easy to look past the imperfections of this house. When your relationship is with the Father, hear me, too many people hold on to bitterness and offense that happens in in the Father's house because their relationship with the Father isn't the thing that's keeping them in the house. Stand with me. The Father and his house. I read this story about a man who was a missionary some time ago ministering in a desert region. This story was just profound. One of the things that he would do as part of his ministry is he would take water from village to village in these villages where they had very little access to Clean water So he would load up this wagon Barrels and barrels full of clean water And he would take and distribute So that other people could live And one day he leaves the city And takes the clean water to the first village He leaves the first village To go to the second village And as I read the story It says he never makes it The villagers wait A day passes Two days pass Finally, they send a party out looking for him, and when they find this man in his wagon full of water, he's dead. They take him back into the city, take him to the hospital, and the doctor looks at him and says, He died of thirst with water all around him. With everything he needed to stay alive that was within his reach, but he failed And trying to verify this story, I found a story in 2007 of a hiker. Same story. He died with water all around him. Listen, friends. If we are in this for the benefits of Christianity, but not for the Christ of Christianity, we will be that guy. We come to church. We give our money. We do religious things, but we never drink. We're motivated by guilt or motivated by self-righteousness, motivated by emotionalism, motivated by friends and family. So we come to the Father's house. We participate. We're in Daddy's house, so we're going to obey Daddy's rules, but we never really drink of the goodness of God. We never really taste and see. You know, that scripture doesn't say test and see that the house is good. It says taste and see that the Lord is good and so if we are in the house for the benefits of the house and not for Jesus where we talk a lot about God but don't talk to God where we talk a lot about God's word but don't read God's word where we we believe that what matters most is what everyone else says about us in the crowd instead of what God says about us in the quiet that everyone sees us in the house We settle for less than what God has for us. What will happen when we live in the house without a relationship with the Father in the house is we want the benefits of the house, but not the Father of the house. We want things from Jesus, but don't want Jesus. We'll let Him change our schedules, but don't let Him change our hearts. Because the house won't change your heart. Only the father can do that. And so the prodigal comes home as I come to a close. And his dad says, no, 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 no. You're missing it, son. What you need is not just a place in the house. You need a position in the house. And so he says, go and get the robe, the best robe. Go get a ring and put it on his finger that symbolizes authority and position power so I'm not just giving you a place in the house I'm giving you a position in the family you're my son you were lost but now you're found and that saints of God is what we need we don't just need a place in the house we don't just need a place that we can go to church on Sunday and we need that We don't just need a place that we can come and sing and feel the presence of God, a place that we can bring our needs and ask God to bless us. We don't just need God's blessings. We need Him. And so it's my heart's desire, my prayer today, that every person under the sound of my voice, that you would examine your place with the Father. Are you living in a way... Where you are acknowledging your relationship with Him, where you are embracing a relationship with Him, where you're talking to Him and you're reading his word and you're devoted to him or are you just trying to practice Christianity in a way that would push the guilt away and would keep you feeling like there's a place for you in the house where where you feel comfortable enough coming to the house where you say well I haven't messed up too bad this week I can come to the house where I, I haven't done too much wrong recently I, I, I feel okay in the house I preach to you today and tell you that, it, that you can't just be satisfied with the place in the house You've got to have a place with him I'm his son I'm his daughter I'm a child of the king with every head bowed and every eye closed i think on this father's day we ought to acknowledge our need for that heavenly father the bible says that he has given us power to become the sons of god something that you couldn't do on your own but He gives us the power to do it. See, you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't come into this house on your own, but the Bible says the Spirit draws. If you're here in this place today, it is testimony that God is drawing you. Maybe maybe you could just acknowledge when you think back over your life that, that there's been this tugging, this pulling that, that, that maybe there's more for me, maybe maybe there's something deeper for me, maybe maybe God has something else for me and I tell you God's drawing you not just to a position in the house, but he's drawing you to a position in the family to a place in the family I'm a child of God I I, I once was lost but now I'm found I was bound but now I'm free I'm living in the abundance and the blessing of God but I'm not here for the blessing I'm here for Him I want Him I want His power I want His His presence I, I just want Him that we may know Him I want to know Him Paul do you, do you want to know him he said yes even if it's in the fellowship of his suffering I, I'm not just in this because I want him to do good things for me even if I've got to go through something if I just know him better if, if I've got to endure some things if, if people in the, in the family hurt me then, then I'll do it oh let me just say this about Joseph he forgot his family but eventually he brought the father's house back there was reconciliation and he saved his father's house I tell you that God wants to reconcile you. God wants you to have peace in the house. If you've been hurt by others in the house, God wants to bring healing. If, if, if you've been broken by things in the house, God wants to bring comfort. He doesn't want you to forget the house, but He wants you to know the God of the house. Praise God. I feel His presence here. Would you just lift up your hands right there where you're standing for just a moment? Would you just begin to talk to the Lord? they're going to begin to come and they're going to sing and as they do, I think it would be good if you're comfortable with it that you just step out of where you're at and come around this altar for a few moments and just acknowledge say, God, I I want more than your house. I want you. I, I want to have a relationship with the father of the house. I want you to touch us with your presence. Come on, this is just between you and God. This is between father and son, father and daughter. God, forgive me for every time that i have focused more on stuff than you when i focused more on your blessings than you when i focused more on your house than i have you i want to be in deep relationship with you i want to love what you love i want to hate what you hate i want you to touch me god hallelujah to be with you. Come on, why don't you make that your prayer in this house right now. I want to be with you. God, I want to be in your presence. I want to be in a deep relationship with you. I want to be closer to you than I've ever been before. I want you to move, God. God, yes, I want to be in the house, but it's because I want to be close to you. of the Lord is here right now. Place, place, I just be with you. If you've never repented of your sins, the Bible just says He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. God wants to bring you into a relationship with Him. A if you've never been baptized in His name, you've got to take His name on you to be in a relationship with Him, to be a part of the family. Just If you've never been baptized, today would be a good day for you to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you've never been filled with His Spirit, God wants to fill you with His Spirit.